Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Muma, and you're listening to localjobnetwork.com radio. This is Employment Notebook, where we speak with our expert guests about just about any topic related to the workplace or your career in general. Now, this would include leaders, the group we're focusing on today, more specifically discussing some phrases that leaders should probably avoid when they're speaking to others. Speaking on this subject, we have Diana Boer, the founder of Boer Consultants and author of 46 books in the areas of business communication and productivity. Diana, thanks for joining us today. Sure, it's great to be with you, Tim. Well, the first thing I wanted to ask about really is this idea of communication. We hear that word all the time, of course, when it comes to the workplace, whether it be business communication or between you know people within the workplace. Is that lacking today? Is it simply different than it's been 20 years ago? What's your general overall thought on communication in the workplace? Well, I think we send out a lot more information than we used to, but I don't know that we're communicating anymore. In fact, I think we get lost in all the data and information we're sending around and just think we're communicating. (laughs) Now, why do you think that's occurring? Is it because it's just so readily available and we don't think about it? Or or is there another reason? I think that we just take it for granted Hmm. that if people have the information, they have the numbers, they have the data that they're going to automatically know how to apply to them. Sure. But that's not true. Information is not the same thing as communication. People just, they're swimming in it (laughs) because of social media, because it's so prevalent on the internet. I mean, you can ask any question, just key it in, and there's 18 sites that come up with the information. And we just get tired of being bombarded, and we tune it out. It's like everybody has this big screen. (laughs) the, The gatekeeper just screening out information. And so you have to continually sharpen your focus, sharpen your message to make it get through and to make it relevant and really point blank help people to to notice. Mm-hmm. And then after they notice, they have to know the so what, you know, the so what does this have to say to me and why should I tune in? And that just gets harder and harder because the you know the standards get higher and higher. Sure. We hear a lot about, you know, you mentioned social media and just the immediacy of of all the technology and the communication we get. Do you feel then that there's a lost art, so to speak, of personal communication or is it important to reach out into those technical side and communicate through social media versus sort of that one-on-one conversation? Do you lean one way or the other with that? Well, I I think people have lost the art of personal communication because everything we do now is public. Mm -hmm. You know, we... We tell everybody what we had for breakfast and <laughs> where we are at any instant of the day. I mean, at 12 o'clock at night, we say, I'm, in, I'm leaving the ball game. I'm going home. I heard someone the other day, not too long ago, say they felt it was rude to phone someone. Hmm. I mean, that is getting ridiculous when you think <laughs> that you can't talk one-on-one. Right. I started getting calls in my business 15 or 20 years ago from executives who are saying, we've got technical people in doing a project for someone. And a leader walks down the hall and says, well, how's it going today? And they do not even have the skill to carry on a conversation Hmm. and upsell that person. In other words, well, we've just done this miracle for you. And what you really need to have us do is, and they can't chit-chat enough to explain the benefit of the work they've just done and tell that leader, Here's another thing that you really need done and we can handle it for you. And that's that's really sad when, <laughs> when someone standing face to face is scared that they can't carry on a conversation. 
and they have to go back in their cubicle and write an email to somebody. Well, that is an interesting perspective, and I can't say I, uh, I can't say I haven't seen that or experienced that myself. So I, I hear you on that one. When we lo- sort of look at the reverse of that, you know, you mentioned the idea that maybe the leader was willing to engage in that conversation, and the other individuals weren't able to. When it comes to those leaders in the workplace, how much of their communication, their ability to speak with their direct reports and their employees, how much of that ends up impacting the productivity of those workers? I think a lot of it does because a lot of times they themselves don't take advantage of the one-on-one opportunities to say something meaningful Mm -hmm. because they're speaking to such a large group. I mean, they get on a teleconference and they're speaking to now instead of speaking to a team of eight or 10 face-to-face, everybody says, all right, let's just get you on a teleconference. Let's do a video call. And they're trying to make their message applicable to 500 Mm -hmm. instead of 15 in their local office. And so it has to be broad and therefore it's less relevant. That's the difficulty or the challenge that they face. Sure. And they leave it to everybody else beneath them to to make it relevant and to pass on the information. And it sometimes it just doesn't get passed down or certainly doesn't get passed down to the same at the same speed and in the same way and in the same manner. And some people get the message faster than others and it just doesn't cascade down as well. Right. Let's try to take it down to that level a little bit where possibly there is an opportunity for a a one-on-one conversation. And you had an interesting article talking about uh, some things that leaders should never, ever say, essentially. And I'm sure as I bring these up, our listeners will be like, hey, I've, I've definitely heard that before in my line of work. And the first one was, don't take this personally. What, what, do you, what do you hear when you hear that? Why is that a, a problem in your mind? Well, you know, you hear this at all levels. You can even hear it from a family member, from yeah. a next-door neighbor, <laughs> anywhere. And when somebody says, don't take this personally, you know, I'm about to get insulted. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> what it means. I, I'm, here comes something really negative. But think about it. When somebody says, don't take this personally, how else can you take it? Mm-hmm. And you've got to give them credit. What they probably mean is, I don't mean to insult your character. I'm, I'm not making a moral judgment. I'm going to talk about your work. But obviously, it's personal, unless an entire group made some, you know, did some project or made some mistake. And if that's the case, then it is personal to that group. So what they're saying is, I am passing on a very specific comment or feedback, and it is personal to you. It just, it's contradictory. It it doesn't make sense any other way. Now, is there an issue at all in, you know, sort of that phrasing of you're telling somebody what to do? You know, I mean, my wife will jokingly say to me, don't tell me what to do. Obviously, that's, that's not the message you're trying to convey when you say, don't take this personally. Is there a better way to phrase that then to make sure that you're not sort of demanding something of your employees? I think that when you say that, it makes people brace. It, mm-hmm. You're saying, here comes something really negative. Right. Just leave that statement off and just get right into the, the, the comment that you're going to make or the feedback. Okay. And generally, a softer way to get into it is to ask them to evaluate. Let's say you're, you're commenting. On, let's say they arranged a big conference and you're going to give them some feedback about what you didn't like about the big management meeting they put on or something. You might just say, how did you think the conference went? Or went? What would you do differently next time when you put together the sales meeting? And so just leave that phrase out mm-hmm. because what you're doing is saying, here comes a negative comment. <laughs> Get ready for it. And that just braces people. Right. It, it tells them, 
how you expect them to react and you expect this to be a negative thing. Leave that expectation out by not prefacing what you're going to say with the statement. And me personally, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like that automatically is going to put that person on the defensive instead of feeling like they can have a conversation about it. Yes. And if you just start the conversation of the the feedback with a question or a statement, or even if you didn't want to ask them a question, how do you think it went? And then give your opinion. Mm -hmm. And you just want to start with your opinion to say, you know, when I was sitting in the the conference, the sales meeting that we had last week, one thing that I would recommend when we do it again is to do differently. I would like to do or I would like to see the schedule incorporate blah, 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 and just make a statement and they can agree with it or disagree with it or, or explain why they did what they did. Right. And they're not set up for a negative reaction. Well, I think that's good advice. And hopefully, uh, as I said, I'm sure everybody's heard that phrase multiple times in their career. So hopefully uh, the leaders listening can, can heed that advice. Another phrase that I'm sure is uttered all the time is this idea of well, don't come to me with a problem unless you have an answer to go with it. Why Why is that such a common thing to be said among managers and leaders and people in those types of positions? You know, you have to give people credit. What they're saying is don't dump everything. Don't put the monkey on my back. Don't, you know, do your own thinking. Mm-hmm. Don't make me solve all the problems. You know, you're, you're in charge of, you need to take accountability. And that's good thinking. That, that's what leadership is about. But what the consequences of that statement is, People try to hide all the problems until they get a solution. Hmm. And what, in effect, you're doing is sometimes a problem doesn't have a solution. You know, <laughs> we, we're all grown-ups. We know that there are things that don't have answers. Right. And sometimes you need to get the whole team to brainstorm with you to find answers. Sometimes the answers are, are not forthcoming until you talk to people in other divisions and other areas and get more information. But when you say that to them, you are forcing them to, to more or less hide, put things under the rug until it's too late. And when they're finally then forced to say, you know, here's a deadline, here's something happened, I must come to you with this issue, then it's too late to solve a problem, to stall disaster. Mm-hmm. Then, you, then you really got a problem as a leader. <laughs> and, and then you hear, why didn't you come to me earlier? Why didn't you tell me about this? Well, of course, the reason they didn't tell you is because you have this principle of don't come to me unless you have an answer. Right. It's just a, a cyclical thing. Tell them not to come without an answer, and then you <laughs> force them to, uh, you know, to delay things. Well, yeah, I was going to ask, is there a way then to make sure that your your direct reports, your employees are taking that responsibility and accountability while also still having this open door to discuss the problem? Is there a way to communicate that? Well, I would take, again, the positive tack of the principle that you want to underscore is accountability. Mm-hmm. Be accountable. Own the problem. Step up to the plate. Be responsible for solving your own problems. But don't incorporate that with just absolutely don't come to me with the problem. Part of being accountable sometimes is being accountable to let me know if there is a problem brewing. Let me know if things are not happening as they should so that we can forestall disaster down the road. Sure. That is part of being accountable is keeping everybody informed of potential delays. Well, speaking of that, you mentioned sort of pushing things off and and delaying uh, maybe something that needs to be talked about. It's another uh, phrase that that you brought up that comes up often. And it's the idea of, well, we need to talk about that sometime or let's talk about that 
down the road, something to that effect that a leader might say, what do you think is the greatest danger in sort of tabling something or putting it off, especially if an employee really wants to discuss it at that moment? I hear this very, very frequently when a boss is indecisive hmm. and he or she really doesn't know how to solve the problem and an employee wants to move forward. You know, they need a decision. They know this is part of uh, not in their authority to, right. to go in the ex- decision or down the Y path and they need the go ahead and they'll bring it up. They'll write an email about it. And the boss is saying, well, we need to talk about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> and they just can't get an answer out of them. It's a stalling tactic from a leader. The employee who's bringing it up is saying in the back of their mind, we are talking about it. I am <laughs> writing about it. I am sending you an email. You know, And it's just this frustration mounting. And the leader, of course, thinks they're being proactive. I say, yeah, we need to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, we do need to talk about that as they run out the door. Yeah, yeah, we need to talk about that as they're trying to, you know, pay for their lunch tray as they walk through the cafeteria. Yeah, yeah, catch me about that later, as if they just can't wait to get out the door to go to another meeting. But employees see see it for what it is. They see it as a stalling tactic. And and that's exactly what it is. It's it's the leader not stepping up to the plate saying, it's a hard decision. There is a hard decision here. I need to quit stalling and give them the go ahead or tell them to do X or Y or tell them, I don't want to make a decision. I, I don't want to take this risk. You take it for me. Whatever the, whatever the problem is that the leader is not facing up to. So does it really just come down to then sort of putting the ego aside or whatever the issue is and, I mean, diving into it, making time for it? I mean, because as you said, if, if that leader, that boss doesn't have a solution, we understand why, you know, you're not being necessarily upfront about solving that problem. But what do you do in that case? What do you think is the, the best action for that leader to do? I think the leader needs to just say, you know, that's a high-risk situation. I don't have all the information. I realize you need an answer, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make that decision until August one. They just need to be upfront to say, I don't or can't or I won't make that decision for t- another two months. Come back to me in two months, rather than hiding mm-hmm. behind an excuse like, I don't have time, I'm off to this meeting, you know, catch me after vacation or any number of foot dragging responsibilities, which just builds up frustration in the other employee because they can, they can see, they can see for, see it for what it is. Sure. They need to not continue to just do that, to let them know until such time that we have an XYZ uh, proposal uh, request from the XYZ employee I can't make that decision or I'll get back to you after X happens, then that's an honest answer. Everybody doesn't expect an immediate answer, but they don't expect you to keep stalling either. <laughs> right. No, I think that makes perfect sense. And hopefully those listening who are in that position do uh, do understand that it's better to to be open and upfront with that instead of, as you said, sort of stalling away the problem. Uh, Diana, we do appreciate you coming on and talking about some of these uh, communication aspects, especially when we're talking about the leaders and and things they should avoid saying. As we look to wrap up this conversation, I just wanted to give you the floor at the end here. Um, if there's anything you wanted to touch on briefly in terms of communication from a leadership position or just in general in the workplace and something you think is is utterly important for our listeners to know about? I think the key thing is to remember that having information is not the same thing as communicating that information with focus in mind. Knowing how to summarize succinctly is one of the key skills of a leader. 
All right. Very succinct and to the point. I appreciate that. And that will wrap it up for us on this edition of Employment Notebook. Our guest for this episode has been Diana Boer, the founder of Boer Consultants, and as we mentioned, the author of 46 different books, definitely an expert in the field. Diana, thanks again for sharing your insights with all of us today. Sure. Thank you, Tim. And as always, we do want to hear from you, the listener, as well. If you have any comments or suggestions, just shoot an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any thoughts related to our podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. 